Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we are in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 reads, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains." Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come." So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is in the housetop not go down to take what is in his house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas for women who are pregnant and those who are nursing infants in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. For the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I too have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts out its leaves, you know the summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is faithful and wise servant, whom his master has set over his household, to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing so when he comes." 
Truly I say to you, he will set over him all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and an hour he does not know and will cut him into pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So in today's nugget, we actually are going to talk a little bit about just a small portion of this passage. And so I shared with you guys earlier that Matthew 13 was one of the chapters that I was really looking forward to. So it's one of my favorites. This chapter, Matthew 24, is one of them I was not really looking forward to. Not because I don't believe in the value of God's word or think that this passage is profitable, but I just know that there's so much more study that I need to do in my life for me to fully understand all that this chapter is talking about. And so today's nugget, I really want to focus on the part of this chapter that I am most certain on, and that is the warning that is given for us. And as we look at this warning, the warning is not to be led astray by those who are around us. It's not to be led astray to think that we're going to miss the coming back of the Son of Man, or to be putting too much time in investing and focusing on figuring out the exact parts of these details. But in fact, the warning is for us to stay awake. We see that in the last section most clearly. Verses 36 through the end of the chapter really focus on what we're called to do is to be ready for the master when he returns. And so for us to not focus so much on looking at, hey, what's happening in the world? Is this the signs of the time that are telling us that lots of things are happening? It's all coming together. The end is here. Uh, In my lifetime, I have lived through multiple predictions of the end of the world. Uh, Many of your parents or many of the other older people who are listening to this have probably listened to even far more of those predictions for the end of the times. And so the problem with predictions like that is here in this passage, it says nobody knows except for the Father only. In addition to that, the problem is that if we're focused so much on that and predicting these ends of the times, we're not focused on doing what God has called us to do in waiting and not just waiting inactively, but in anticipating his return and being in the proper mode and in the proper mindset for his return. And so that is a conscious doing of his will. And so when we look at this chapter, it talks about all of these different warnings, all of these different things that are taking place that could be signs and signals of what's going to happen. And instead of us trying to partner current events with this chapter, really what I want us to focus on today is what are we doing as we anticipate the return of the Lord? Are we being like the wise and the faithful servant who the master has given a specific task to do? The master is pleased when he finds that servant doing that task. And so doing the will of God, being his hands and feet, obeying his commandments, and living in that obedience is what we're called to do as we anticipate his return. And so as we think about even what's happening in this chapter, there's so many different things that we could understand about our current political or our current national news that may apply to this But let's not focus on that. Our focus should be on how am I being a wise and a faithful servant to what God has called me to do. Because no matter when he comes back, I want to be ready. I want to be the one who is doing the will of the master. So we're called to stay awake, to stay mindful, because we do not know when he's going to return. And then he's got all of these different images of the anticipation that takes place 
when we are waiting for his return. We're not going to be caught off guard like the man whose house is broken into by the thief. We're not going to be caught off guard like the unwise servant who is uh, abusing his other servants. But instead, we will be ready for the return of the Lord. We will welcome that return, and we will be excited to join him in the new kingdom that he's establishing. And so whether that occurs in our life or not, the call is the same for us to always be ready, always be mindful, always be doing the will of God in anticipation for his imminent return. As far as questions for today, if you don't have a question as you read this chapter, I really would like you to go back through and read it again because there are so many questions that just pop out here. One of them that I want to speak on today because I have some firsthand experience in that is if we look all the way back at the beginning of the chapter, as the disciples are coming to him, they're really telling him to, hey, marvel in how majestic this temple is. And I have had the privilege of going to Israel and seeing the temple in its current state and understand that it's even a small portion less majestic than it was in its greatest state because Solomon's temple was destroyed as the people came in to uh, exile the nation of Israel. Then it was rebuilt as Herod's temple. Uh, there's been so many wars and fighting over the Holy Land since then. Uh, now the Dome of the Rock is present there, but the temple court, the largest places around it are still present. And so when they talk about these large stones that are there, those stones are massive. In fact, some of those stones could be as large as 40 by 12 by 12 feet, and that's a single stone that's there. And so to say that all of these stones are going to be thrown over uh, is pretty incredible in terms of the destruction that Jesus is saying is going to take place. And think back to the disciples who think he's coming into Jerusalem at this time to establish his kingdom, yet he's saying, no, even the most majestic things that you see around here, they're going to be cast down. And we know from history that that took place in AD 70 when the Roman general Titus came and besieged the city and set up these scaffolding around it, lit it all on fire, causing the stones to crumble and throwing stones down into the Kidron Valley, sifting through that rubble to find any valuables that he could to take back as the spoils of his plunder. And so as we think about that, it would be a large, stark contrast for these disciples who are thinking, hey, this is all of the majesty of what God is wanting us to have. In fact, Jesus was all of the majesty in what God wanted them to have, not this building that they were looking at, but yet they still didn't fully understand that. So when you think about these different facets, hey, when did that take place? What is he talking about as far as these stones and the majesty of those things, how great they are? That is a big insight into what's taking place. And if you ever have an opportunity to go to Israel to see the Bible lands, to see those different things that we read about, I would strongly encourage you to do so, as it does give us a great insight into some of the physical aspects of what we read. But our true understanding is the majesty is not in that location, but it is in the Jesus that we read about in the scriptures. So definitely use wisdom as you seek the answers to the questions that you have in this chapter. Make sure that you're using some solid sources. If that's where you're headed, make sure that they're things that we would say would be biblical in their basis. Or you could get stuck and led on some really crazy rabbit trails. And so I would encourage you as you seek those questions and the answers of those questions as you seek to understand God's word more. Uh, just speak with others about that because as you do so, the wisdom that they are able to impart in your life will help you sometimes to find those answers or sometimes to put you on a track where you can find better resources that will provide you an easier understanding of what's taking place. Also, as you're speaking with others, 
that's giving us a greater opportunity to grow together as a community of believers that are here representing God for his kingdom and for his glory. Know as you go today, you are loved. You're